us? It's always kind of weird the first time you say that, isn't it? You know, here it is Sunday morning, usually Christmas Eve, our first service is in the evening. So I'm still getting warmed up to it, but yet we've been anticipating this for a very long time, haven't we? That's what Advent is all about. We spend four weeks preparing for this night, this day, and for the great celebration. But of course, there are lots of other things we do. How many of you have your presents all bought and wrapped and under the tree? Okay, some of you still have time, so you can still go out and do that. You have time for that. Of course, we have the decorations. Our tree is up, the poinsettias, the lights. You go around town, there's all kinds of lights. But the one thing, especially as a child, that you have done most likely in anticipation to get the Christmas spirit is you wrote a letter to whom? To Santa, right? So over the years as a pastor, I have collected some of those letters, either that my children wrote or maybe even that I wrote years and years ago or I've heard about. So I want to share just two real short ones with you Today, hopefully, we'll get you in the Christmas spirit. One was Dear Santa. It was um, really, 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 really tough this year to be good, so I just gave up, right? That kind of sounds like a lot of us. That's probably me most of the time. Then there was a little boy, and he was probably in school, and he said, Dear Santa, there's, there's a girl in our class. Her name is Janie, and, well, Janie is really mean, she is really mean to the boys. Don't bring her nothing, right? Now, that's not the Christmas spirit, is it? I mean, that's not what we're about. And yet, sometimes it really is difficult, isn't it, to understand why we are really here. Well, as we look at our gospel message for today, I hope you get the idea that Christmas is far more than, than gifts, and Santa, Christmas trees and decorations and, and beautiful flowers. It's even more than gathering together with, with family. It's really all about the baby who's in the manger. And we know that as we look at the gospel by the names that our Savior is given. Two in particular here in the Gospel of Matthew. Now, we don't really understand names today like they did in the Bible. I mean, how did you get your name? Think about it. My mom, because she had twins, had to have two that rhyme. So Larry and Terry, that's not, not too difficult. There's really no meaning behind it. I mean, you can go, you can Google it, and I've done this. Larry means Victor, so I kind of like that. My great-grandfather's name was Victor, so there's a, you know, a little connection there. My middle name is Wayne, which rhymes with my twin brother Terry's name of Dwayne. My parents were really, really creative. Yeah. I mean, wh what, what is that? So today, we just, we just pick names we like, right? We, we, we maybe, I don't know, maybe from some famous person. Every now and then, you might get a, a biblical name for a person. But in the Bible, the name had meaning. It was really the key to a person's identity, even a prophecy of, of who they would become. So we have those two names, 
The first one is Jesus. Jesus is the, the Greek from the, the Jewish name Joshua or Yeshua. And it simply means Yahweh is our salvation. So his name means that he will save us from our sins. Not only a name, but, but a title, really a job description of what Jesus would become. Now, I don't want to bring up any, anything bad here at Christmas time, but I remember just a couple of Christmases ago when we had to, to worship in pods. Do you remember that during COVID? And we even had to, to register ahead of time, kind of like Mary and Joseph did for that census. You had to register to actually come to church at Christmas. And the virus, of course, is, is still among us. It's still around. I don't know, you probably keep up with this a lot better than I do, but I, I, I understand that what it's called the, the newest mutation of Omicron is what? EV5 or something like that. Maybe, maybe you know what it is. But it's still on our minds. It's, it's still in, in the press. It's still in the papers. It's still on, on TV all the time. And I, I guess this new variation is, is causing more people to get sick again. I, I don't know. Whether you've had it or not, you're familiar with that virus. But I'm here to tell you that there is an even greater virus, and it infects everyone. Now, it's great if you've never had COVID, or maybe you didn't have a lot of symptoms, but there is a virus that is out there that infects every single person, 100%. And the worst part about it is that most people don't even know they have it. And that, of course, is the sin virus. We're all born with it. And unless something is done, we will die. And not just physically, but eternally as well. There is a cure. That's good news. It's Christmas. Good news. And the cure, of course, is this baby. The only baby that I'm aware of who was born with the express purpose of dying. You see, the, the manger is in the shadow, even directly below the cross. Because this baby is going to grow up. And he is then going to die for you and me and for all people. Now, the devil, he wants to tell us that there is no cure. In fact, the devil would tell you, you don't even, you don't even need a cure. The devil would say that you don't even need to be saved. You don't need to change at all. After all, you're pretty good people. Anybody uh, put any coins in the Salvation Army kettle this year? Anybody? Anybody take any out? Now, you're not supposed to do that, by the way. You're not supposed to do that. The devil says, look at all the good stuff. You've had. You're giving good gifts to your family, to your children. You do nice things for other people. You really haven't done anything all that terrible to deserve death or punishment. I mean, there's a, the occasional, you know, we roll through the, the stop sign. How many of you drove behind Jewel again this morning? <laughs> All right, that doesn't count. <laughs> but the fact is, 
we have the virus. And there are symptoms out there, aren't there? There's divorce, there's drug addiction, child neglect, worship of money, especially this time of the year, racism, and the list goes on and on. Here at Christmas, we are reminded that Jesus Christ is the cure. Repent of your sin, Jesus said. Acknowledge that we cannot reconcile with God on our own, that we need a Savior. We need the baby, and we need that child to grow up and to live that perfect life in our place and then to make the sacrifice on the cross. So that is the first name of <clears throat> the baby. His name is Jesus. But he has a second name, just like I have a middle name, you have a middle name, and that is Emmanuel. Interesting name. It's the name of our church, of course. But did you realize that it's only found in the New Testament just this one time? I mean, the name, Emmanuel, quoted from Isaiah chapter 7. But the meaning, Matthew comes all the way back around in the last chapter that he writes. And Jesus then, Emmanuel, says to the disciples and all of us, just before he ascends into heaven, and lo, I am with you <laughs> always, to the very end of the age. I remember a little, cute little story that a, a wise pastor had once told me about his daughter. She went away to college. Now, sometimes when you go away to college, you get, you get new ideas, uh, maybe a little different from uh, what you had grown up with. And so the pastor's daughter, well, she had a religion class there, and, and, and the professor had told her that she didn't need a God so much who saved her, but rather who could identify with her. So she came home at Christmas time, and she told Dad all that she had learned. He said, oh, so that's what you want. Okay, well, let me just, let's just have a little analogy here, a little illustration. Let's say that you are there in your dorm room. Let's say it's a high-rise. Let's say it's got uh, eight stories to it, and just one night a fire breaks out, and the fire has blocked all the stairs, and there's no way out. And so there you are. And all of a sudden, these brave firemen, they extend their ladders up there to your window. They are putting their life on the line for you. Now, do you want a fireman who can just identify with you? Or do you actually want someone who will save you? Well, the good news for us is that we have someone who is both. In that second name, Emmanuel, it means God with us. It means that God became flesh, truly a human being, a little baby who does everything that little babies do. And he grew up and he did all the things that little boys do. He laughed and he cried and he played with his friends. And then he became a man and he became a carpenter and he, he built things. And he got lonely from time to time, and even angry, especially at those who rejected him. And he was even betrayed by his friends. 
And finally, just like every other human being, he did die. Now, the good news in all of that is that we have a God who not only came to save us because he loves us so much, but he also understands everything that you are going through. Because Christmas is not always the bright and shiny holiday that we adore. And nor is the entire year. There are dark times and there are rough patches. And we get tempted from time to time, don't we? To do those things that we know that we're not supposed to do, that will not glorify God, that don't show love to our neighbor. Jesus went through everything that you have. The only difference is, is that he was tempted because he's also God. He overcome those temptations. He overcame your sin and even the devil himself. There's a cute little story of a man by the name of Earl Hunt. Some of you can relate to this. Now, today we have all kinds of digital ways to listen to music, and maybe you've been listening to your favorite Christmas carols over the last month or so. But do you remember some of you, if you're older, you remember the old days, the old record players? Some of you are younger. I mean, what's a record, right? Well, Earl Hunt remembers about 90 years ago during the time of the Depression, when money was really scarce, he really, really, really wanted a record player. And he found one. There was a store downtown, an old secondhand store. And there was one of these old RCA Victrolas. Five dollars. A lot of money back then. So he came home all excited, and he told his dad about it. He was almost certain that his dad would say no. But he said, yeah. And they made a deal. He said, you'll work and do some chores around the house. And we'll buy it together. And so they went downtown and they picked it out and they wrapped it up and they brought it home. Well, fast forward a few years and now Earl Hunt is, is going to his grandparents' house for Christmas. And his dad says to him, Earl, let's, let's go out back. There's something I want to show you. And they go out to this old barn. And if you've ever been in an old barn, it's usually full of, full of stuff, boxes and kegs and, of nails and, and just a lot of junk. But there in the middle of all of that, there was this dusty old Victrola. One of those with a great big speaker and on the record, the little RCA dog right in the center. And said, you see this? I wanted one of those. And I made a deal with my dad, your grandpa. And I worked in the field for three months. So that we could afford to buy. See? In there. That's our God. He's been there. He knows everything you're going through. And when you're tempted, He will give you the strength to overcome. And when life gets dark, He will bring the light that is necessary. 
and especially at this Christmas time. I hope that whatever is going on in the rest of this day as you celebrate with family and friends and you, you, you open up those gifts under the tree and you, you drive around town and you see all those lights and all the decorations and, and the beauty of Christmas, that in all of that, the Christmas spirit comes to you because of a baby named Jesus and Emmanuel. Merry Christmas. Let's all rise.